big stretch. Hello, everyone. It is Sunday night, 8 o'clock, and it's time for another broadcast. How the bloody hell are you doing? My name's Billy Kirkwood. Relax. I've never heard of me either. Let Explain me exactly what happens with broadcast, or words to that effect. Broadcast is not only put on by these sexy motherfuckers at broadbeardoils.com, telling you all about the amazing stuff they're up to, including all the amazing merchandise you can check out right now over at broadbeardoils.com. But it's about meeting not only our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our lovers. Everyone who wants to be an AKA lover. You can go and check it out. Uh, we get to meet people from all the interesting corners of the world. We get to meet MMA stars. We get to meet comedians, actors. We get to meet, uh, oh God, we've met, met so many people. Uh, we, we've got to meet ninjas. We've got to meet actors. We've got to meet singers. It's about meeting all these wonderful people, hearing about their journeys through life, whether it be in the creative industries or ever it is, and we get to know them, and the strangers become friends. That's how it works. Don't forget, you can check out some of the amazing guests we've already had on broadcast. All you need to do is head over. You can subscribe over or follow on Spotify, check out the YouTube account, and of course, come and see us here each and every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Shall we get started? I think it's let's. I, I tell you what, before we actually kick off, I want to give a big shout out to our friend Ali Hay over at Ninja Warrior UK in Edinburgh. Make sure to check that out. He is now open and ready for business. Take the family along there. Go and get fit yourself. I went along, won't lie, breathing in my arsehole, but managed to make it around the course a couple of times. So make sure to go and check out Ali. He is now open and ready for business. We actually chatted with him way back at the beginning of the lockdown before he'd managed to open up the business. And now, as things are opening up, and hopefully everyone is staying safe and staying sexy, we'll hopefully be out this in a wee while. Shall we get this started? Let's go on about it. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight, uh, what's the best way of putting it? Um, there's so many strings to his bow. Not only is he a stuntman, not only is he an actor, not only is he a comedian, singer, and so much more. The best way of doing this would be meeting Scott and having a chat with him, as well as being a, a ranger as well. Basically, he's doing absolutely everything under this umbrella. So uh, let's bring him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Scott Ironside to broadcast. Good How evening. How the trying to get all your accolades, <laughs> all the stuff that you're doing, and uh, and a and a and a and just one little box was next to impossible, Scott. I'm just thinking you're kind of like myself. You like trying a little bit of everything. I could have yep. phrased that better. I think we all agree, but um, uh, they're just taking all these accolades, like in terms of you've done acting, you're doing acting, singing, comedian, and now you're also a ranger as well. Now. Yeah. I'm from the West Coast. That can sometimes mean something else. Uh, <laughs> we might as get is that going to put the numbers up or put the numbers down? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll soon find out. But uh, first of all, we're going to kick off with that because I think it's so important to where you are right now in 2021. Uh, I know you, you. What exactly is it you are doing right now, Scott, in terms of helping with wildlife conservation and uh, dealing with animals? What is it you were doing just now? Well, um. I started working as a park ranger in about 2017. Right. Um, and primarily my job, I mean, park rangers are, are a, it's a wide and varied sort of career. I bet. There's, there's some park rangers that are basically knee deep in the woods and you didn't see them for years. There are <laughs> other things like myself that are a more education based. Right. But all me is sort of teach the youngsters about the great outdoors. Uh-huh. And um, through that, um, I kind of got into wildlife rescue as well. So I was basically uh, situated my, my ranger station a few years ago and um, 
I had the long started to be honest. And right. then somebody came up and went, You're the you're the, the B of the uh, wildlife laddie, aren't you? And I was like, eh, I suppose. So I've got this bird. Can you fix this bird? I was like, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. So uh, I took in this bird, and it was actually my first rescue, which I still have to this day. No way. Uh, it's, a, it's a rook called Charlie. If you head across to my Instagram, you'll see plenty of pictures of Charlie. I've seen um, you feeding Charlie. Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, that kind of started my journey into sort of wildlife rescue. So after that, I started uh, working with the SSPCA. I started uh, meeting folk for the BDMLR. That's the guys that sort of go rescue marine life, like seals, dolphins, whales, that sort of stuff. Wow. Um, I was more sort of liaising with them. There was a, a carry-on a couple of years back, and there was whales trapped in the, the Firth of Forth. I don't know right. if you mind that story. I think I do, um, yeah. There was heaps of folk who looking for it, binoculars and everything. So I managed to get an awful lot of social media uh, on this side of the Firth looking for the whales. So if you never anything like that comes up for the BDM, then you usually get a wee shout or, or something like that. So I've got loads of fingers in the difference of the wildlife pies, if you like. That's not a great way to put it either. But, uh, <laughs> I've seemed to become a sort of a miniature nexus for a load of different people. So um, I'm happy to help. It's, it's a really good thing. And it sort of pays off in the local community as well because it sort of um, engenders uh, an interest in the youngsters about wildlife nature conservation um, and with the, the sort of uprising in, in forest schools or forestry schools can park rangers get into your primary schools and stuff and teaching your kids about bug hunting or, or planting flowers or things like that it seems to be a mere uh, important thing these days especially during lockdown yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, I know how much you get from, you know, working with the, the kids. It's hard not to call them Burns just to pick it straight up from yourself, but uh, working with the Burns and, and really educating those. Now, I know that like, this kind of brings us full circle, so I guess we can come back to it. From a performance background and having worked in acting and presentation and engagement, has that helped you going in there? Because... Every park ranger I've talked to that has been enthusiastic about it, big shout out to Joanna Johnson, who's our one down here in Eggleton Park, which is a, a mild stomping ground. Hi, hi Joanna. I, sorry. Anyway, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, they're all great at really getting across um, in, in a way that are getting across the, um, the ideals and engaging with young people in a way that I don't think a lot of hands-on education really does in a unique way you guys seem to manage that. Has that helped you from your performance background to now? Hugely, hugely. And uh, I think you're saying that's quite right. I find that a lot of the stuff that I teach your kids, it sticks in a lot more than if you mm. put a bairn in the classroom. Yeah. Um, like when I take the bairn's rock pool and all, um, you've got me like focused on bairns. No, that's stuck in my head. Sorry, um, the children, the young people. Um, the young people. When I take them rock pulling, I'll, 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 uh, I'll tell them a silly fact, like about crabs or something. Like, how right. long can crabs live for? Oh, I've no idea. hundred years. And they go, oh, right, okay. Or, like, how do crabs pee? Out their eyes. You're joking. <laughs> right? and, you just give them something silly. Now, it, it is going to, some of the crabs do do that, but um, it, it, it encourages them. Do they? Oh, do, they do they pee out their eyes? Oh, they do. They, 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 there's a wee gap in the middle for the pee 
Holy shit! I thought that yeah. was that. That sounds like the weird kind of stand-up I'd come out with. I had no idea. Uh, that's amazing. Right? Okay. But sorry. Basically, I've I've dumbed it down for the kids, so it's not like specifically true, right? But right. It's, a, it's true enough that it gives them. He he must be talking absolute rubbish. We must Google it. So the yeah. kids are going back to their session and googling stuff about crabs, right? So I'm I'm creating that interest. Okay. Um, but I like. I love doing it. It's it's one of the, it's one of the things that it really uh, it pays off. I think getting the kids outside. There are little facts that I'm throwing them, in and they do stick. Because I've had bears yeah. come back, like after two years. Oh, we saw you in a couple of years ago, and how many teeth has a snail got? Oh, uh, twenty thousand. Right, bang on, well done. And they've still wow. retained that knowledge. So, and you know yeah. they're going to tell little brother they're going to tell everyone at school and 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 like you say during lockdown because maybe it is because people are getting out there and doing walks and and cleanups and all this type of thing that probably for the first time in a generation not only the adults but the kids are sort of enjoying wildlife together and it's sort of really getting them out there i i, I mean i think it's me i'm a i'm a west coast baby i'm you know we would we we are from a poor family, Scott. We've got sort of kicked out. There's a forest over there. Go and enjoy yourself. That's basically what we would get. Uh, yeah, it's cheaper, here. cheaper than going swimming. That's all it was. And if you were all lucky, right. you, found, you found a puddle big enough, you could go for a swim. Uh, right. Although not the one near ICI. Everybody knows that. Just in case anyone from Ayrshire's watching, we know not to do oh, that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to end up peeing out, out from your own eyes if you go and swim in that one. Um, <laughs> we're going to get back to the the wildlife. Uh, side of it in, in just a wee while because I know that's one of the recent things that you've been doing but when you and I first met uh, you were a stand-up performer um, I don't think you were long into it when we met I think we'd have been no. up in Aberdeen which will not come as a huge surprise with your accent I think um, but there's so much more to that I know that <coughs> oh god you're right uh, was, yeah, that, was that you calling someone is that a call for a specific animal <laughs> You know, the whales are going to come in. Uh, no, but, um, but when when we first met, I knew you'd, you'd started doing your sort of stand-up journey. You were doing sort of musical comedy. But I know you'd done acting and some film work before we even met. Where did your sort of journey into live performance come from? Because I'm interested to know where the live performance and the wildlife side of it kind of collide. Right, okay. But we're going deep here, Billy. Oh, here um, we go. Um well, no, I, I started live performance as a kid, like um, like doing the, the school shows and stuff and, and singing. And uh -huh. um, I think we did like Oliver or something as a kid. And I was Sweet. vegan. I, I did Oliver. I did Oliver. Did you do Oliver? I, Who were you and Oliver? I, well, well, I was the understudy for Bill Sykes. Um, oh, I and uh, I was understudy for Bill Sykes, but I ended up being Oliver's granddad. So, right. uh, 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 well... Well, basically, the guy they they got the this has got nothing to do with anything, but basically, the guy that got Bill Sykes, um, kind of could sing but couldn't he act, and nice. I was and I was pretty good at acting but couldn't he really sing, and they sort nice. of decided that for Bill Sykes, you didn't really need to, like you kind of you need to sing. Well, there's two numbers in there, two numbers nice. that Bill Sykes involved with. Turned out I could sing them well enough, and they were kind of like. Fuck, well, we've given it to this guy. So I ended up being a, I ended up being all granddad. Right over that, I was also the captain in the King and I. Let me ask you a question, Scott. Do you remember the captain in the King and I, the stage play? No. No. 
No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, because my my principal job was to stand on stage and hold uh, an eight year old girl dressed like a monkey. That was my fucking job. And whistle. <laughs> she was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. Apparently, her dad thought it was fucking hilarious. But never mind that. Um, but your journey goes from that. That's always where really, I find it's something that's kind of being lost for a generation. Is uh, the school shows? Is yeah. you know getting that taste for create? Uh, you know, live performance. Where did yeah. you take it from school? Because that's always the interesting leap. Where did it go from there? Um, well, I went and did some training straight after school. Um, um, and then after I qualified, I walked straight into... Now, no. this is a, a wee bit embarrassing, but a lot of the parents might know about this. I was the first Scottish Gruffalo. <gasps> Holy shit! Yeah. There you Holy go. shit! Yeah. Now... I'll, I'll take a pause here. If there's any parents watching, we all know the Gruffalo book, but you might not know this, but at the Fringe Festival a good while ago now, the live play appeared at the Fringe and was a sensation. There's a DVD out there somewhere. If, you, if you've got kids, find it. It's not dear, find it. But the show itself really grew legs. I mean, that went all the way across the world. And to yeah. get a part in that, boom, you were yeah. the Gruffalo. Which that, is, as well as being the Gruffalo, am I right in thinking you were also the one of the narrator? You're also the kind of the narrator and the Gruffalo, or are we talking about a slightly different show? We're sli talking about a slightly different show. This was the first iteration of the Gruffalo, ah, right? Yes. So um, this was a TIE, or Theatre in Education, as it's called, right? So oh, we basically oh. toured all the schools up and down Scotland for three months, um, and this was just after the Gruffalo had... It had been such a huge success with the, with the book. Yes. Right? So there had been a tour in England with this uh, company, and then uh, the company decided to bring it up to Scotland. And this was my first serious, well paid acting gig, and I was the Gruffalo. Right? So the, the I don't think it's embarrassing. I don't think it's embarrassing. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. So I basically had to put on a, a hairy bailer suit. Right, they just want they just wanted a fat lad with a beard and a deep voice, so I basically got the job. Um, but the thing the thing was like our show was like twenty minutes long. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a big show, so there was like there was three of us. So there was like three actors. There was there was me. There was a lassie who was the mouse, and there was a other laddie. He played like the snake, the fox, and the owl. Yeah. yeah, and they two I think were the narrators, and then I was running about either changing scenery. Or, or basically just hulking about in my my my, my bailer suit. Um, but as I say, the show was twenty minutes. We needed twenty minutes after the show for me to cuddle every child in the audience oh. because they were obviously huge fans of the Gruffalo, and yeah. everybody wanted a cuddle for the Gruffalo. So, like, we'd finish the show. Thank you very much and good night. Okay, super duper. And then I had to go out front and basically hug all these bairns, take a big oh. selfie, and everything, right before we could out the door. So it was a carry on. It was a, it was actually. A really, really good show, like. Did Did you have the green spot at the end of your nose? I did. I just checking. I just wanted. I had the went, bomb, Billy. Just wanted to check. We went full method with that. Full Absolutely. method with that. Aye, <laughs> uh, So right, we're, we're we're doing work and acting jobs. I know that you did. Uh, um, I know you did several different roles of, of several different iterations. Um, I didn't think I'd be using iterations this time on a Sunday night. Good for me. Go. Um, but um, where does it? Where does the trip go? Because I, 
there's a, there's a lot of diversity here, Scott. I mean, very rarely do you get to say actor, stuntman. Um, how how does that come about? I mean, first of all, do, I saw that you do you know sword play. I'm going to pretend I'm a novice in terms of the terminology, in terms of that. But I know um, where does the stuntman aspect come of that? Because I, I'd seen you do several different roles. When does it start getting into film for you? Well, I did a film up in Aberdeen who a few folk in Aberdeen might know called One Day Removals. It was a, a sort of funny Doric movie, which was right. considered for the Guinness Book of Records for most swear words used in the movie. I think they were slightly beaten by Gary Oldman. Um, he did a film about um, oh, it was uh, football hooliganism or something in England, and, and he pipped us to the post for the Guinness Book of Records of swear words. So we had about 550 swear words in the movie. Fucking yeah, Oldman, Gary man. Oldman. Every man. time, every oh, time. Every you know what I mean? Time, man. If every I ever time. get a hundred Oldman, he's in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so where does so, so we film? Right. Yeah, and, uh, where, then, where do we go from there? Well, I I moved down the road uh, to Edinburgh, and um, I've been doing a, a, like a few bits here and there. Eventually, I get into. I met up with my my old. Um, Sort teacher. So during my, my acting classes, um, there was a guy called Davy Winter, and Davy Winter was great at teaching me fencing and right. stage fighting. I met up with him a few years later, and he was running a combat school, right? So we basically went to him and learned how to do uh, fighting for movies. Okay. Um, and it just so happened um, the next year. So I trained with him for a year. So I became reasonably good. I wouldn't say that I'm brilliant, but can, I can get knocked on my ass and I can get back up and I can do a quick sword fight and stuff. Um, so Davy, he got us into this this movie um, and it was uh, basically what we call sword and sandal stuff, right? So right. We, we went along and uh, I ended up getting the part to the, the bodyguard for the main guy. So your main guy's like, you know, big, sexy kind of lad. Uh, and Ami's basically his little fat, funny pal, right, who's a bit mental. Right, so that's, that's the part I kind of got. So I've gone for the Gruffalo to some sort of nutcase. Um, <laughs> so we did, we did a lot of uh, sword fighting and that. That was uh, an intensive uh, couple of months. Um, I must have lost about a stone and a half doing that. Um, but the, the fights were visceral. We were, we were knocking lumps off each other. It was absolutely mental. Um, and then I kind of went for the... Uh, Still working with the same boys, we ended up in a Outlander a couple of years later, um, now, and that was huge. Now, Outlander was one of the ones I saw on your CV, and I was like, I mean, I, if, if anyone is watching and they've never even heard of Outlander, then I'd, I'd be surprised. Not only is that, um, not only are they filming it, not but they're filming all over Scotland, aren't they? Uh, they're even filming it down my neck of the woods, or, or they were, more to the point. But it's uh, Amazon, it's a huge hit all around the world. Uh, yeah. What was the experience like working in Outlander, particularly doing some of the stuff you've been doing? It was incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Like, in the previous film I spoke about, like, the, we had battles between about 200 lads. Yeah. Um, right. This one was 400 to 500 people are fighting at the same time. You've got explosions gone off. You've got the, the film crew running about. You've got horses flying in. It was absolutely mental. Um, there was one particular scene. So it was Sam, is it Hewan? Yes. 
that's the main guy. I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Sam, anyway, the main guy, right? So we were fighting. There was the Battle of Culloden we were reenacting, right? So uh, we were there for the two weeks. Um, so the first two, the first week I was a Highlander, so I had the beard. Right. Right. The second week I was a redcoat, so I had to shave the beard off, which I absolutely hated. Right, because I've had the beard on since I was 16. I was about to say, I have never seen you without a beard. Hold on. Right. Oh, no. You're, oh, you're no. making a light like issue. You ready? Can you see that? Oh, my God. I would not have picked you out of a lineup. No. I would not no. have picked you out of a lineup. Absolutely. I, I would. I'm not impressed. I could, I could have hung out with you all day. If you'd have shaved that off, I'd have never recognised you. I'd have never recognised you. Holy shit. The the boys that I was working with, was a boy called James and Tom, they were my, 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 my stuntman buddies, right? They ripped the piss out of me. They're still <laughs> ripping the piss out of me to this day. What a heaps of that. Because the, everybody knows me with a, with, with a, with a, 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 a bit of a beard. And I took a beard off and they were slagging me left, right and centre because there were Jesus. a couple of weeks. Did so, you get some extra yeah. cash? Did you get some extra cash for shaving the beard off? No. Oh, I had to shave my beard off once, including my wee soul patch that I normally had for a kids' TV show. I got an extra bung for it because they hadn't. We ha I hadn't been discussed until the day of filming. All right, okay. And, and he went, "Has anyone spoken to you about the beard?" And it's like, "No." What about the beard? It's like it's going to have to come off. Is it now? I'll be right back. <laughs> it was like, how's about an extra couple of hundred quid? And it was, you remember, Scott, it's like it just a wee soul patch. And I'm like, right. idiots. It literally is going to make no difference to my face. It does. Anyone that's watching, it immediately does. I look like a five-year-old boy. Uh, oh, look who's chipped in. Look who's dove in. One of our pals. Look at this. There you go. Hello, Naz. We'll have a wee chat about Naz later on. Um, but um, in terms of the beard coming off, in terms of the stunt work, it's very, very physical, very, very skilled as well because you're doing uh, sword work as well as part of this. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring up all this is because Outlander's a huge thing. Yeah. For the last, since 2017, I know you've been doing the park ranger work. Where does the interest in wildlife come from? Because I'd never heard you mentioned it before. We will get to the, the stand-up portion of this, but I wondered where does that start coming in? Is that something that's been there for a long time? Or was it something that you went, you know something? I quite like a challenge. Let's uh scan to it. Where's the wildlife interest come from? Um, I've always been interested in wildlife, even as a as a boy. Um mm -hmm. I was picking up birdies and taking them to the local vet and stuff and like can please fix this. Yeah. Um so be it, I mean, I was raised in the, in the country. I was a working class boy, and um, so, like you were saying earlier, like you're basically thrown out of the house. We were as well, basically out into the woods. Come back at eight o'clock. If you not come back at eight o'clock, then um, we'll basically mark another burn because we've lost you. Um, um, so when I started doing the park ranger stuff, it just seemed uh, a sort of a good to reinvigorate that uh, love for wildlife. Yeah, because I, I I had an avenue for it now. Right. Uh, like before, I had to look obviously concentrate on uh, jobs and acting and making money and getting a house and you know just your start your standard sort of mundane adult stuff. Um, yeah. But then when I got back to into the ranger and stuff, I was like, right, okay, now we have a a vehicle for this 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 uh -huh. passion. Um. So 
that's how it came about, I suppose. How, how did you get into that? Did it, was that a role that came up, or was it like you had to go and do night courses and what have you? Like, I'm, I'm only saying because I find it so fast. Am I angling for a angling for a job? Who knows in 2021? But uh, how? What was your route into it, though, Scott? I'm, I'm interested to know what that was. Right. Um, I basically seen it in the paper, right, and then I applied because I was Sounds I was in between jobs. And I was like, good. right. I want to change for that was because I, I I worked bars and, and hospitality and stuff for years and years and years because mm-hmm. you do that as a, as a struggling actor you you work the jobs that you can bin in five minutes and you sort of walk away and walk into a, an acting job so because yeah once you get an acting job you're there for like maybe two months or three months yeah um, so you kind of take on a thing like a a proper career um yeah. but then I saw this job I was like right and I'm, I'm getting older I need to get myself a serious kind of occupation so. I saw that and I was like, that is brilliant. That's a great fit for me because, as we were saying earlier, I get to perform to people. Yeah. I still get to entertain people, but there's a, an education behind it. So I basically applied. I was then whisked off down to Staffordshire to train with the Bushcraft School, right? Now, right. these are guys who are all ex-military. The, the lads that uh, run it, uh, there's a guy called Johnny Crockett. He was a, a captain in the Marines. There's a couple of boys that were in the SBS, a couple of boys that were in the commandos. They basically take you into the woods, give you a knife, a first aid kit, right? And they say, right, you've got to build your own shelter. You've got to find your own food. You've got to mark a fire. You've got to find your own water and purify it, right? So it's good enough for you to drink. And they leave you there, right? And then they, they bugger off up the road and just sort of, they, they're chilling out with a couple of beers. And if I was only screaming, then they'll maybe come down the road and help you out. <laughs> um, so, um, but I got a great time doing it. So I'm learning to uh, track animals, learning to mark my own fires, as I said. I slept in my own den, I built. Um, you learn knife skills. You learn about plant identification and stuff. So you, you really are learning uh, serious survival skills. So yeah. when I... When I teach a class about like sleeping in a or, or building a den or, or building a fire, I'm teaching the kids. I'm like, I have tried this. This actually works. So we're doing like bow drill and stuff like that. You need there's no lighters, there's no Lynx cans. Yeah. And so, um, it, it gets a wee bit more uh, more interesting. But Johnny was was great. I loved the guys doing air. And I remember one night we were sort of sitting by the the campfire after one of our um more intense sessions, and I was telling a joke. And uh, you kind of joke about the, the Scottishman, the Irishman, and the Englishman that get captured by Saddam Hussein. It's the um, the the four springs duck technique. Do you know that one? No. No. I don't want to get into the full story, but uh, Saddam Hussein he, uh, he he gives him a challenge. He says, "Right, okay, you can do it to the garage. You can pick a vehicle to escape, and I'll be shooting cruise missiles at you until you get across the border. And if you get across the border, then you've escaped. Well done." So the Englishman takes a Ferrari, he goes, he gets blown up. The Irishman takes a tank, he goes, he gets hit a couple of times and he gets blown up. And the Scotsman, he says, give me four springs and a rubber duck and some duct tape, right? And Saddam Hussein says, are you off your head? He says, just give me the stuff, Saddam, right? So he tapes two strings to, uh, two springs to his knees, two springs to his hands, he tapes the rubber duck to his head, right? And then he goes bouncing left. Right, he's all over the place. Right, the scud missiles are coming down. They kind of hit him because he's just so unpredictable. And he manages to bounce himself across the border. And then the the ambassador laddie, he's like, "We were watching that through the telescope, man. That's absolutely incredible. How did you manage that?" He says, "Well, it's a survival technique I learned when I was a car salesman in Inverness." 
says, what's it called? He's called he says, it's called the Vorsprung Dirt Technique. Right? Now, it's a silly, silly joke, right? I quite like it. I tell that joke around the campfire just for something to do. Johnny was pissing himself laughing, <laughs> right? Now, the, he disappeared into the woods. The next day, he comes up to me and he just says, come here. Now, Johnny's a stern kind of lad and being an ex-military lad, he's got that sort of 50-yard stare. He didn't want to mess with Johnny. He's like, right. And I was like, okay. And he's like, hold out your hand. And I was like, what am I getting here? Because this is bushcraft, guys. This could be anything I'm getting in this my could hand. Be, this, could be, this could be a heat. You don't know. It uh, could be anything, right? So he says, hold out your hand, right? And then he presents me with this. Uh, right? <laughs> he has found this uh, floating down the stream in the woods that we were in. He says, it was oh. absolutely incredible. He says, I knew that this was for you, you daft Scottish bastard. Right? So he <laughs> and this has been pride of place in my house ever since. I've never seen a rubber duck in the wild before. That's incredible. No, I've never seen a rubber duck in the wild. <laughs> I was asking because one of the things you do here in broadcast, that those whales are going to be here any minute. Uh, I I, um, another one about the, uh, um, one of the things you do here in broadcast is we like to talk about positivity. And obviously with lockdown, people are thinking about changing careers or potentially it's just another example of your journey's not set. You can go whatever way you want. It's just yeah. your time to do it. So, um, but what that brings us back, obviously you continued all the interest that you had. We take a little step back in terms of comedy. Now, when you and I would uh, uh, frequent the Blue Lamp uh, and other places round about uh, uh, that area, uh, yeah. where we were gigging for the guys up at Breakdown Comedy. Now, uh, in terms of getting into comedy, where was the interest in that? Clearly you're a man that loves a joke and a pint. What, uh, um, where was the interest coming out? Was that just uh, an extension on the performing that you'd done before, or was it a genuine interest of, I want to get into stand-up, I want to do, you know, have, do that fearful thing of standing on a stage trying to make a room full of strangers laugh? I, I kind of just wanted to test myself, Billy, to be perfectly right. honest. I'd kind of done, I'd done the singing, I'd done the acting, I'd, I'd done theatre, I'd done a bit of film, um, and there was a couple of my pals, I think had been done, been doing stand-up, and, um, I just thought I'd get a go, mm. um, just to prove to myself, like if I could, if I was going to be any good at it at all, um, and I found out that I was I was okay, um, and uh, I loved. I actually remember uh, one of the first nights that I met you because, like, watching you on stage, man, you're like sixty mile an hour lightning. The mm -hmm. stuff that comes, like, you think so fast, you're like. You're just fleet on your feet, Billy. You're an inspiration, really. I'm too fast. I'm too fast. I'm too fast. Nah, it's, nah. it's 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 quantity, not quality. I can assure you that it's quantity, I'm not sure quality. That every time that I've seen you, like the crowd is in stitches. Um, so I was really pleased to, to meet you in particular. And I remember uh, one of the first nights. I, I don't know if it was the first night, but I was playing a song, and in the middle of it, there was a bit about RoboCop, right? And I think you came up to me afterwards and you were like, that bit about Robocop was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And you were you were just overjoyed that somebody had worked at that bit, that particular scene of Robocop into a song. So um I could see the sort of geek in you there. But I was so pleased because I'd I'd seen you doing so well. So for, for you to come doing and sort of give me a wee compliment, I was like, Oh, I was well chuffed that night. 
Oh well, listen. I I I've always watched comedy like other people watch football. I just I just want to see my team do well. If they're on the stage, we're all on the same team. I just want a goal in for the bench. That's all. Um, but obviously, like you said, you 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 performed from the Edinburgh Festival. You supported some big name acts from uh, uh, I think Fred McCauley, a friend of the show, Tom Stade, amongst others. Um, yeah. um, what the the journey through stand up? Any memorable times from there apart from? Me and myself, of course. Uh, any other memorable occasions? Any ones that went particularly well or an odd story or any ones that maybe went a bit bad? Because, and I mean this with great love, and I am back up there performing in that neck of the woods literally in about five days, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, an interesting breed, kind of like us lot down here in Ayrshire. An interesting breed, marching to the yeah. beat of our own drum. Uh, any, any, <laughs> and these unique characters up there. Any interesting stories for us? Um, I, I really like supporting Fred McCauley because he was um, he was very um, giving with his feedback, mm. right? Because it was the first time I met Fred McCauley, and he's a, he's a legend. He's yes. been doing it for so long. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's he's, he's experienced. Is what I'm trying yeah. to, to get. He's, he's as sharp as he ever was, funny as he uh, ever was, just uh, tremendous, really tremendous. So when I heard that I was supporting him, I was like, oh, "This is brilliant!" So I watched his set. Now, Fred actually, I wasn't expecting him to turn up, but he came in right at doors and he sat through everybody oh, and yeah. watched everybody, right? And I wasn't expecting that because a lot of headliners didn't do that. Some just, don't, yeah, right. Uh, they'll just turn up, do their bit, and 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 scoot off, take their money, and head him. Which is fair play, but um, I watched Fred and I was like, "That's absolutely brilliant!" Just just watching the, the stagecraft, the way that he turns a joke, the way he delivers a punchline and stuff, and it's really really good. So afterwards, I uh, kind of approached him very gingerly, I might add, um, and I kind of said, "Like, how are you doing, Fred? Um, lovely to meet you, and, and great to support you. Have you got any feedback?" And he was like, "I loved your stuff." He says, clean up your accent. He says, I can't understand a bloody word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but loves yeah, the act. Love the act. Yeah, you could make it a bloody word. Can't understand a fucking word you're saying. Um, but lovely man. Um, I was completely genuine. And I loved working with, um, with Stu Hugh as well. as another uh, massive on the, on the, the, the comedy circuit. And um, yeah. he's brilliant at, at putting down hecklers and stuff. So I learned quite a bit for him as well. He was like, I think one of them, he was, was a boy chatting in the audience. He says, hey, man, you whisper like you're sitting in a helicopter. Right? And it, just, <laughs> it ended him just immediately. Okay? So um, it's been great experience, or it was a great experience, so a tour and run about Scotland and, and, and learning. little. You pick up little wee bobs uh, for folk yeah. here and there um, that you sort of put into your own toolbox, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, have you ever had? I know it's been a little while. Well, obviously, it's been a little while for all of us. Uh, but uh, ever had any interest to strap on the guitar and get back on stage? Every now and then, do you get the edge? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like Scotty Forbes was was at me a wee while ago, and, and I know you know Scotty. Yeah. Um, he's a another great comedian. Great um, guy. Love him. Lovely guy. Very very funny man. Very funny man. Like I I've worked with him loads. Uh, and Piper and and Bern and and the rest of them, you know, and Granger, um, but it was for me. It was just a test to see if I could do it, if I was going to be any good at it. Right, I kind of was. I got to support some 
some big names or, or big names to me um, and that proved I think enough for me that I could do it and I think that was enough I was like right that's fine that that's good enough for me um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it again um, but I've nothing more to prove to myself I'm, I'm, I didn't need to prove to, to anybody else I need to prove to myself well just when you thought you were out We'll pull you back in. Pull me back in. Just, I can assure. Well, which brings us to, I mean, obviously you, you've, you're still keeping a hand in the acting and loads of other things, but we have to talk about Skinjacker. Yeah, we have please. to talk about Skinjackers. Why we're yeah. here. Um, very excited about this. I don't know. All I know is what I've picked up on your Instagram. Um, tell me about this film, Skinjacker, that you're involved with. It's a Scottish sci-fi horror. Um, with Celtic mythology undertones. Love it. Love right. It. So it's set in Sky. Um, I've been working um, with the director and producers. We've created a massive sound stage in the wilds of Fife, the kingdom of Fife, I should say. Sorry. Oh, nice. People watching, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, so it's the kingdom of Fife. So we've built this massive soundstage, we've built huge sets. We're, we're really, for an independent movie, it's one of the biggest scales I've ever seen. Right? Really? We're really, really investing so much into this. The the cast and crew are some of the best that I've worked with in independent Scottish cinema. Uh, Dave Izzat, the director, is absolutely fantastic. I've worked with Dave on, on a, a few projects now. Um, I just like the stuff that Dave does. He's just really, really talented. And he's managed to assemble a marvelous cast. Um, one of the guys I'm really, really excited about working with is a guy called Richard Ashton, who's been in like stuff like The Fifth Element. He's been in Vikings. He's been in Doctor Who. Um, so I'm really excited to meet him. There's, there's, there's other folk I could mention, but I would like you to go and check out the page. Okay, um, fair enough. Now, and was there, was there an Indiegogo for this setup at one point? There, there was, yeah. We, we managed to just about reach our target. Right. Um, but of course, trying to make a film during COVID has its own challenges. Yeah, of uh, course. Probably the only thing during lockdown or during COVID has its own challenges. <laughs> this, it just, I think Dave's mental, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, this, this is really, really tough, but... He's he's doing it. He's pulled it out the bag. He's, he's, we've started filming now. Um, wow! So, yeah. So, so I'm I, I think I've got a little on... teaser image. I think I've got a little teaser image. Yeah, there you go. That's the stuff. There we there. go. Skinjacker. Um, yeah. Already, that looks pretty bloody impressive. Um, we can, can check that out. A trail there and an explosion. So I don't want to reveal too much about it because I'll get in trouble. Um, but there there's, there's... it's really really cool. It's a nice, if you're a fan of like the thing, if you're a fan of Alien, this is basically going to be a Scottish version for you. Two of my favourite films. Two yeah. of my hands down favourite films. Uh, and, and like you say, it's not, um, uh, there's no effort spared for this. You guys are going oh, no. all out. No corners aren't being cut. The, the time is being put in. Yeah. The equipment we're using is top-notch. The people we're using is top-notch. The sets look absolutely fabulous. You are really going to be impressed with the production values. Um, yeah, it's it, 
I can't. I really want to tell you, Mia. No, can't. you can't. You can't. Don't, 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 don't. We, uh, do you know something? When it's coming near release time, maybe we'll get we'll grab another chat. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. on the tenth. I'm going to be pay, uh, playing uh, PC Hill as my character. The Polis. I'm going to be playing the Polis. The Polis. Aye. Scott, from the Gruffalo to the Polis, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> well, I'm basically saying you. You can't if I've got air, son. You're going to have to shift that and, and uh, you know. Is that you? That, that's basically me then. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a big part in the film, yeah? Um, it's kind of a bit part. I'm, kinda, I'm working as a, as a, pr a production assistant and mm -hmm. Dave's been very kind enough to sort of lend me uh, a wee part because I'm so busy sort of rangering, teaching and, yeah, and doing course. wildlife rescue and stuff like that. So he did offer me a larger part, but I, I had to very kindly uh, turn I'm doing and just accept uh, the smaller role. So I'm basically just going to play for a, a day or two. Uh, right. But that's, that's enough for me just now. Yeah, uh, I, I, but you're also learning other parts of the industry aye. and bringing your expertise to the production as well. So aye. there's a lot, little bit of yin and yang here. So it's, uh, it sounds like but it's pretty it. good. It sounds aye. like it's pretty good to me. So Skinjacker, I know we're just starting filming. Uh, with Hollywood being the way it is and announcing films coming out on this date and that date, do we know when we're looking at maybe roughly having this thing hitting the... Uh, I assume it's going to be for, for on-demand services or streaming services. I mean, DVDs will so. be sure it'll be available. Are we any time frame on when this stuff's going to be coming out? I think... I'm not sure, but I think it's probably going to be next year. It's going to be next year. We're going to film the Hollywood this year and then the guys are going to go into post-production. There's going to be a ton of special effects. So obviously, that's, that's a very laborious process. Yeah. Um, so the boys are going to want to do as good a job as they possibly can, so I can see it as a, maybe a summer or, or late autumn release next year. Wow, it's just it's crazy how these are, and then and then there's there's me going. I've, I've, I can write a dick joke on the way to a gig, and it's done, it's ah. done. Do you know what I mean? It's just uh, it's a completely different world. Well, look, Scott, um, brings us back to the wildlife uh, aspect of it. What one of the things that I think is amazing is um, so happy you seem. How settled you seem. You're saying that you've moved into that neck of the... You moved there. Uh, actually, I, I never thought I'd hear you moving away. But uh, where is it you're living again? Because you said it is the, one of the most masculine-sounding names I think I've ever heard of. Where is it you're living? Gorebridge? Gorebridge. Gorebridge. So it's uh, in Midlothian. Yeah. And it, it, it's uh, a lovely place. Love it. And, um, you're, and you're bringing the work home still to this day. You're bringing the... Uh, I've built a couple of aviaries with the back and we've got incubators and cages. So my house is basically a zoo. <laughs> um, I've got beasties just that way. So if you think of a sort of Chuchter Ace Ventura, that, that's oh. me now. Listen, when Skinjacker holds production, I think the next one has to be Chuchter Ace Ventura. I honestly <laughs> think... I, I, I think we've had a winner there, mate, what? to be honest with you. Davey Ventura. Look, look, Davey Ventura, look, and if you need a partner, you know what I am. I don't mind. I don't mind. I, absolutely. Anything. I, I'm terrified of budgies. I'll tell you that. Right. Fucking, I, 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 I've, I've, held, I've held snakes. I've had tarantulas crawling in my hand. But you see those people that have budgies just flying around their living room? They can fuck off. I hate budgies. Cannot <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> Flapping, I've had bats, I've had bats float, flap into my head. Oh, but I see a budgie just whistling by your ear, like your ears are cuttlefish. Ah, 
fucking hate that. Um, so if we can make sure there's no budgie scenes in David Ventura, then uh, right. you, you, well, that's, a, that's a deal. Scott, it has, it has been such a blast. Uh, everyone's got to look out for Skinjacker. There's another little look at us there. Um, uh, and of course, I've got to say, head over to check out Scott's Instagram as well. He's doing some amazing stuff uh, and the wildlife side of it as well. These uh, really, you blown away that your wee heart will melt when there he is feeding a bird and uh, just like I'm wasted my life I couldn't decide what I was going to watch on Netflix today <laughs> saving a species uh, and hopefully maybe mate we'll get to share a pint or a stage or something again very very soon that would be great that, that would, would be, be great, great. that would be great right, thank I'll you very much for having me on I really appreciate it it's been a delight. It really has been a delight, and you'll have to keep us uh, up to up to speed with what's going on with Skin Jacker. Uh, I tell you what, Scott. I'm just going to quickly pop you back in the green room, and I'll wrap things up here. Everyone, our very special guest tonight, the wonderful Mister Scott Ironside. Uh, right, uh, that's all we got time for. Make sure to head over, check out Scott's Instagram. Some amazing stuff over there. It's uh, a brilliant to catch up with them and just sword work, stuntman, acting, comedy, doc the. The Aberdonian Dr. Doolittle is what we've just spoken to. Do you know what I mean? I've lied on every CV I've ever had. I've lied on every CV I've ever had. I don't have half those skills. Clean driver's license. Wildlife. Budgie wrangler. I could have made that sound better. That sounded dirty. That's all we've got time for this episode of Broadcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to go and check out the archive over on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to us, of course, on YouTube as well. We're easy to find. Broadbeard, uh, you'll just will pop up. And we've got more amazing episodes to come very, very soon. Uh, also, if you fancy it, it's the time here for it. Head over and check out some of the amazing merchandise that is currently over at broadbeardoils.com as well. There's some brand new tank tops and some amazing stuff. Get one of these bad boys. Uh, not my nipple, uh, get one of these long sleeve shirts and stuff as well. Some incredible stuff over there. Get it for the bearded or non-bearded individual of your life. We're equal jaw opportunity folk here at Broadbeard. That's all we've got time for. Sorry, it's a bit weird at the end. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. I'll be Billy Kirkwood. It's the part of the show where we have to see if I can start the video without looking at it. I should. I've got a tweet deck over there, but I haven't used it. We'll see you next time. Look after yourselves. Have yourself a banging week. And remember, don't be an arsehole. Bye-bye.